Good morning, church. It is good to be with you this morning. You know, I was looking into the person of Jesus lately, and something that I've been seeing about Jesus is his ability to bring people together. Uh, I see whenever Jesus entered the city, the crowds always gathered around him, and lives were changed by his teaching, preaching, and healing. But I also realized that every time Jesus walked into a city, there's always the Pharisee and the sinner right at the gates waiting for Jesus to come. Every time he, uh, Jesus enters a city, we find him in, in a controversial moment. And you read it and it says that it was set up as a trap. And if you're anything like me, I go, ooh, what are you going to do now, Jesus? You know, the person, uh, this person thinks that Jesus is going to say this, and that person thinks that Jesus is going to say that. But Jesus always found himself in controversial moments. Every time he entered a city. But he always came out able to heal, to teach, to correct, and to feed. You know, I think to be like Jesus in this world, to be together, is to be able to handle controversy. You know, as disciples, it is hard to figure out how to follow Jesus in these crazy times. It's hard to figure out what Jesus would say. It's hard to even ask the question, does the Bible speak to the major issues that we are wrestling within our culture? You know, I have lived in the U.S. Uh, now six years, moved from the Middle East. And uh, I have said this many times, and I, I'll say it again, I love being here. I'm grateful every day. For being, I'm grateful for the peace, the safety. I'm grateful for the education uh, that I got. I'm grateful for the friends that I've met, my wife. I'm, I'm just happy and grateful for the life that I have here. You know, I think it is one of the greatest countries in the world. Now, with that being said, man, sometimes I am confused by the culture. Just from the outsider's point of view, there are so many contradictions. And, and, you know, I want to share some with you guys. Are, I've seen crazy contradictions or felt in this past six years. You know, when I first came to the U.S., uh, I was told that Southern California is in this severe drought. But every time I walked outside, I almost always saw someone cleaning their car with a hose. And coming from the Middle East, I don't think you know what a drought is. Uh, another another thing that, that I had a hard time understanding is the humor. Uh, I, it's hard to uh, understand the humor because American humor is so sarcastic. It just flies over my head. I'm like, I'm like the, the Guardian of the Galaxy guy. Just, I just don't understand it. I completely miss it. And these might be funny uh, contradictions, but there are some serious contradictions that I've seen in the past six years. And here, here are some. You know, I've seen the decline of the church, but also the rise of celebrity pastors. I saw the rise of hate speech and the defending of free speech. I saw the Me Too movement rush through our world at the exact same time. Fifty Shades of Grey was the fastest and largest selling book amongst women. I saw the first African American president in American history, followed by the election of Donald Trump. 
I saw the rise of Black Lives Matter and the Blue Lives Matter at the same time. I see the normalization and obsession with technology and the desire to get rid of, rid of it at the exact same time. Is there anybody here that understands what is happening? And you feel these tensions in your own life and I feel like things are going from one side to the other. How can one be a disciple in this during these times? How can I get Jesus from walking around the dusty trails of Galilee into modern IE? You know, I find that the biggest hurdle for Christians today is that they have a hard time finding today's controversial topics in the Bible. And so Christians no longer open their Bibles, but instead make up their opinions through social media and people around them. So today my goal, my, my hope is that I can help you connect with how Jesus brought people together through controversial moments. And I'd like to put in front of us that the key that Jesus used is controversy of compassion. Controversial compassion. That's the title of my lesson. And, and I believe that's how we move forward. So let's go to Luke 7, verse 36. And it says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in, in that town who lived a, a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped uh, wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. Now, I want you to see in this moment, right here, what we read in, in verse 36, that this was awkward, right? This, it doesn't matter what time of history you're, on, you're in, that is awkward. That's awkward. So Jesus is just reclining. Then this woman just comes in and she sits behind Jesus under his feet, and then she pours perfume and just begins to take her hair and wipe Jesus' feet with it. And then she starts kissing his feet. I mean, I'm not sure that the example I'm about to give you even gives you the level of scandal this was. This would be equivalent of a stripper coming in and while Jesus was eating, performing at his feet. If, we, if you were at a minister's luncheon in a, or, or a fellowship and a, and, a, and a prostitute came in and performed, you would be saying, what sort of minister are you? How does this woman know you? And what is she doing here performing? This would be controversial. So I, I don't want us to skip past the moment that we find the Son of God in. This is a controversial moment. You know, immediately in this passage, you see these two instincts that begin to kick in that we can relate to in today's world. The first instinct we see is the temptation to condemn. So verse 39, it continues and it says, When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is he touching and what kind of woman she is. That she is a sinner. So this Pharisee's mentality of holiness is defined by distance 
from sin. So the holier you are, the further away you are from people like this. And, 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 and this, this woman could have made them unclean. It was completely inappropriate for a woman to be interacting with men in this sort of environment. Completely inappropriate for her to be touching him in this way. So in his mind, he's like, look, obviously she's a sinner. She's a, she's a lawbreaker. This guy is supposed to be a holy teacher, and he's not distancing himself. Instead, he's not even shooing the woman. He's not rebuking the woman. He's not calling her to repent from what she's doing right now. Instead, he's, he's not even pulling his feet away. Who is this man? Now, Jesus responds in verse 44 and says, Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? Now, what a question, right? Do you, do you see her? Do you see this woman? I don't think you do. And he continues to say, I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Do not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I, she entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Do you see this woman? Right, what a question. Do you see this woman, Simon? See, Simon saw an issue. Right? He saw a category of sin. Jesus saw a woman. Right? Jesus refuses the temptation to condemn. You know, this instinct, this instinct to condemn is in our world today. Right? In in the inside to say, look at that sinner, look at this situation. I can't believe the situation is being handled this way. Right? Who is that woman? Who is that man? Get me away. That that push from acceptance. That push from acceptance towards this harsh position of condemnation is present in our world. And to tell you the truth, it is present in my heart. It is so easy to dismiss. It is so easy to point out flaws or open scriptures, but it is hard to look past the sin, past the reaction, and into the hurt, or even the spiritual battle that rages within, and to be filled with compassion and empathy. Now, I am terrible when it comes to compassion. I'm, I'm, like, I'm just like the Pharisee. This is what you see. This is what I see. This is what you should do. This is what I should do. One, two, three. But my wife, Miranda... She is incredibly compassionate, which is funny. My last name, Adhen, means compassionate. So I, I don't fit it well, but, but she fits it well. My wife fits it really well. And a lot of times, it, it, I'm, I'd be on my phone, on a call, trying to help a brother out or in a situation, and, 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 and the brother is, is sharing and sharing his heart, and, and I would you know, try to talk and I, I, and my wife could hear through the speaker. And when I hang up, I, I feel pretty good, man. This, this phone call, I handled it pretty well. But Miranda comes in and she goes, you missed it. Right? You missed it. He said this and, and this. And he wanted to be heard. He wanted to, to, to feel validated and, or understood and, and, and pointed to God. But instead, you just gave him solutions. You know, a lot of times our instinct is to condemn. And that instinct is strong. 
well, you're not thinking this way. You're not doing that. And we come in wanting to confront or solve rather than to understand. Now, the second instinct, right? The first one was the instinct to condemn. The second instinct is the instinct to celebrate, which is also part of our culture. Our culture today, especially with, with my generation and younger, it is, it is about individual, individualism. Celebrate you, be you, speak your truth, listen to your feelings and thoughts, and that's when you're most happy. So in this point of this, in, in, in Luke 7, some people are like, you see Jesus, just, he just wants her to be a, her authentic self. A liberated woman coming in, disturbing these Pharisees. She's just doing her thing and, and she's just okay with it. But what people fail to realize is that she is in tears because she hates her life. Jesus calls her a sinner and forgives her. He doesn't condone her behavior. She's trying to find a way out of her life of sin to find hope. And Jesus doesn't say, hey man, no big deal. You just be you. I'll just be me. It's all good here. Jesus calls her out of it. Sometimes we have a false idea of grace. This is what it says in the book of Titus. The book of Titus says that grace of God brings salvation. And you know what grace does? It teaches us to say no to ungodly desires. Live in self-controlled, upright, and holy lives. Grace does not only save you, it transforms you. It's not only a tutor to show you how to get into the kingdom. It is a tutor that teaches you how to live in the kingdom as a forgiven person. See, the controversial compassion is not controversial because uh, he just showed compassion. But in his compassion, he challenges and saves. So what does Jesus say in verse 47? He says, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as, as great love has been shown. But whoever is forgiven little loves little. And Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say, Who is this who even forgives sin? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, Jesus refuses to fall into the trap of celebrating. What is, was it that you give into? For the woman, it was her sexual desires. But what do you put your trust in? What, does, what, what do you follow? Is it your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences, even though they are valid and there? Is it your social media, your friends? Is it your sin? What is it that is not letting you hear His voice of truth? Jesus realizes that sin ultimately makes you miserable. And He calls her to something else. Something far greater. But are we willing to hear God's voice? Are we willing to fall at His feet rather than to stand in our own desires, hurt, pain, and sin? Now, here's the reality, okay? So, yeah, okay, I get that principle, like controversial compassion is like this beautiful third way, right? The slide's going to show. Uh, and it's this beautiful third way to respond to things. So in our minds, we sort of think it's like this 
this way of we don't condemn and we don't want to celebrate either. And so I'm going to be this middle thoughtful person that has great compassion. But this is what compassion actually looks like. It's a mess. Compassion is a mess. Because you're dealing with people. You're not dealing with a formula or an ideology or a theology or an issue. They are people. People are complicated. People are broken. People don't move in the ways that we want them to or progress the ways that are appropriate to us. Compassion is always a mess. Compassion lets sinful people touch them. Compassion doesn't condone sin, but it condones it in its time. Compassion loves and lets sin interrupt. Compassion will always be a mess. It doesn't fit into your budget. Compassion won't make an appointment when you've got time. Compassion is not going to order itself nicely. It's just going to make a mess of your life. But this is what it's needed in our culture today. Jesus was compassionate, knowing that it will lead him to the cross. Jesus, it says that Jesus was moved by compassion. The word compassion, and, and we took that on Wednesday, it comes from kind of bowel, from the gut, from, from the stomach. Have you ever been so wounded or so moved? Someone you love has done something heartbreaking. You almost kind of double over because you feel it so deeply. This is what Jesus felt for people. It says that Jesus was moved with compassion, healed the man, touched him, and said, I am willing be clean. Jesus moved with compassion, saw the multitude, and he taught them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus moved with compassion, went to the, the two blind men and healed them. His compassion got him out of the category of being the son of God and made him engage with the mess of humanity. He moved with compassion. To invite Jesus is to invite controversial compassion now are you controversially compassionate right you might be thinking oh yeah i'm controversial just ask the other side or ask those that don't agree with me they'll tell you i'm controversial but that that's not the controversy of jesus's compassion you see one minute they love jesus the next they're crucifying him jesus's compassion doesn't fit into your category of christianity or what our culture offers. To follow Jesus, to impact our community, is to invite controversial compassion. Jesus' compassion is about understanding and a culture of offense. He's about reconciliation and a culture of outrage. He's about humility and a culture of issues. He's about denial in a culture of self-fulfillment. He's about listening in a culture of accusation. His faith it's about faith in a culture of doubt, hope in a culture of fear, and love in a culture of hate. Jesus is controversial. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we following the God with spit on his face, who entered into the mess of humanity because he was moved with compassion? You know, to take Jesus seriously is to take on the scandal the offense, the shock, the disdain, the curiosity, and the wonder of compassion. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says that 
then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning of craftness of people and their deceitful scheming. You know, I, I relate to this passage. It is part of the passage. I feel like sometimes I feel tossed around by different views and thoughts. You know, people are being tossed around or kids are being tossed around. Verse 15 continues and says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. You know, I love that he uses the analogy of infant and mature people. Infants are tossed around because they speak one way. They, they either speak truth or love. Right? They, 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 they only one way. They either condemn or they either celebrate. But mature disciples speak the truth and love. And just like Jesus, they show compassion and they condone when the time is right. They speak the truth. So as you break bread today, I want you to pray and ask yourself, have you been controversially compassionate? When people come up to you, do they, do they see your compassion first? Do they realize your compassion? Again, to follow Jesus is to be controversially compassionate. You know, I love this idea how when you think of controversial or controversy, you don't think of compassion. You think of so many other different things. But Jesus was controversially compassionate. Let us, let us imitate Jesus in that way by being compassionate. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, I am extremely grateful for your compassion. You're the compassion that moved you from the, the, the status of Son of God to come to, to, to be involved in the mess of humanity, to be involved in my life. God, I pray that when people look at us as a church, that they see compassion. They see, they see love. They see grace. That They see the example of you. And when the time is right, we can speak truth, but the world needs to see compassion. The world is hurting for compassion. They, they have nowhere else to turn. So as we break bread, God, help us to be controversially compassionate, to be an example of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.